Are you ready to change your life, your mind, and change the way you see your world? Well, this is the Minds Gym Podcast with myself, Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. And here we go. This Brandon Bickmore, your turbo lover. Back with part two with uh, Rebecca de Azevedo Overson. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed part one. Pretty special gal we were all fortunate enough to uh, listen to and uh, be able to learn a little bit from. Uh, and she's got more in this part two. Um, pretty uh, amazing tools she's going to share with us in this uh, second part of the podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're all uh, experiencing um, the exercises, giving them a whirl, keeping your mind clear, getting some of that data out of your mind and uh, being a little bit more present in this day and age, which is hard to do with all the technology and all the crazy, confused human beings we deal with every day. So hope you're hanging in there and learning something from this podcast because I'm sure learning a whole bunch. What an amazing uh, opportunity I have to sit with a human being once a week and uh, hear their mind. And how often do we get to do that as human beings on this planet where you sit with a stranger and uh, have a chance to fall in love? So with that being said, uh, does Rebecca get off of her meds and uh, survive this uh, depression? You will soon find out. Peace out. I knew by the time I was nine weeks pregnant that this was not the relationship that I should be in. This was not the guy. But again, just had to hold it all together. And so um, my depression kicked in again. I was very sick and I was in bed most of the day. I was running my clinic from home, Facebooking from bed, you know, all that. But then I definitely wanted to have another home birth. And my midwife said, well you got to get off of that medication because sometimes babies on Zoloft don't breathe. And you could have this beautiful home birth and then your baby crashes and they never breathe. And we'll be prepared to resuscitate them. We've got all the equipment and all that stuff, but but you may end up with an emergency ambulance ride to to primary children's hospital or something like that. Just be prepared. And if you can choose that risk, then we're fine. She's like, but ideally, I'd love to see you get off the drugs. Now, that felt like somebody telling me I should just dive headlong into a pit of d- despair because I was felt such a difference on the medication that I was so afraid that I would just absolutely lose it. But she told me about Kelly Brogan's book. It's called A Mind of Your Own. Kelly Brogan is an MD, as allopathic as they get, who has uh, turned to... Uh, she's a holistic psychiatrist now. She absolutely will not prescribe drugs for anyone. She's convinced that drugs are the problem. Mm-hmm. And inflammation is the problem. Uh, chronic inflammation in the body and a lack of balance in the gut flora will absolutely create mental illness. True. And she's documented so many cases of people coming back from the brink of psychosis, of s- multiple suicide attempts, depression, schizophrenia, all of that stuff that have followed her program and are totally free and functioning. So that caught my attention. 
because I've always known the power of whole foods and healing and supplements and all that, but I'd never thought it had any connection with mental health. So I followed, I followed Kelly's uh, protocol to the T because, you know, I was pregnant and I was like, well, I got to eat really well anyway. I got to make sure I'm taking my fish oil and my probiotics and all that stuff. And I just got on her diet um, and I was able to taper off of my medication and I was totally off it by week 27. Mm. So by the time my daughter was born, um, we were still prepared to resuscitate. In fact, that birth video, there's just a little moment there where I was in the birthing tub and you know, she's out and she hadn't cried yet, you know, and my midwife grabbed a, uh, it was basically a roasting pan with a towel in it Mm -hmm. because I was in the tub. I was still connected with the umbilical cord. So we know she's still getting oxygen. It's fine. But you know, there's a period of time where you're like, okay, you need to start breathing on your own, you know? So she set that on my lap. She was getting the, she was preparing to resuscitate the baby and then boom, she cried and we're like, okay, we're good. You know? So it was just this moment for just a second, but um, but everything was fine. And so coupled with the realization that Kelly Brogan, the knowledge she empowered me with was that depression is not genetic and it's not about serotonin. And that most of the education that's out there is funded by the drug companies that want you to buy their drugs. Hmm. And it's very unethical. And But it's a multi-billion, trillion, quadrillion, who knows, dollar industry. And there are people that are very, very invested in keeping us sick and keeping us in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly's even been blacklisted. She's been, uh, Google has stopped directing any natural uh, healing traffic to her website, which I think is fascinating. Crazy. Uh, her partner is a, is a green green pub med or something publisher and like MailChimp refused to send out their uh, uh, articles that were talking about the dangers of vaccines. So that information is being censored. Yeah. It is definitely being censored by someone and something. Right. But um, so she's just taken the whole grassroots approach. But she teaches Kundalini yoga, which I was like, oh my gosh, this Kundalini yoga, by the way, is a whole other tool that absolutely has saved my life. Just Kundalini yoga is about healing the mind. And so um, I'd be, I have been trained in that as well and, and practiced that as well. So I loved that she had the Kundalini approach and a very mindfulness approach as well as the healing, the, the healing diet, the getting off of the inflammatory foods like caffeine, sugar, dairy, um, you know, eating a very... Gluten. Yeah, gluten, absolutely, all those things. So I just cut it all out cold turkey and, um, and followed that plan, you know, had the great birth and then just so many shifts that I've made in my own mental healing. You know, I ended the relationship with my daughter's dad um, and, and that was a, the last... Uh, hard lesson I feel like I needed to really encourage me to deal with my um, depression, which I really felt like was also a symptom of codependency. Mm -hmm. You know, I was, I was uh, attracting a lot of very unhealthy men. And when I realized I was the common denominator in all of those (laughs) unhealthy relationships, (laughs) sent me straight to my therapist to unpack that. And I was like, oh, I am codependent. I am a compulsive caregiver. makes sense. I'm a massage therapist. I'm all about healing. I take great care of people. But it was a pathological impulse instead of a healthy bonding kind of thing. It was because of the feelings of inadequacy and and self-worth that I was struggling with under the surface. So that's when I got all the NLP training, timeline therapy, hypnosis, just everything. And I feel like that just completed my wardrobe of healing tools to just, um, yeah, to just focus on on who I need to be for this planet and who I need to be for my kids and who I need to be for, for my clients and... Yeah, it's, it's I in fact Brandon reading that blog post I yeah. I'm like 
who is that person? Yeah. I have no idea where she went. And God bless her. I it's love her so much. Is who I used to be. But I, it's it's like I can't mm-hmm. even remember how that was for me. It is a, just a distant, distant, distant memory. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, when's the last time you read that? Do you think? Last, yeah, just now, actually. I mean, I haven't read Before it. Before that. I haven't read it probably since I published it. Yeah. You know, I put it out there and then shared it, and then I just forgot about it. Yeah, it's a wonderful script you put together. Yeah. So well spoken. <laughs> I could connect with, you know, so many levels of the experiences you were having. And it's interesting, too, you called it postpartum depression. Um, but that's exactly how I felt through my journey, you know, mm. picking up the spoon. Everything was a mountain. It's so, so hard. And like, oh, my gosh, I got to get up and get out of bed to go to the gym. That was the hardest thing for me to do every morning. Yep. It I was could, like inertia. Yeah. I tell people for depression. See, in my mind, I thought depression means you're sad. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sad. I, I was, you know, I was on stage. I was entertaining. I was helping women give birth. I mean, I had all of the, all of the trappings of a successful, uh, ambitious career, uh, you know, independent woman, you know, like all of that stuff. But I wasn't unhappy. I wasn't sad. Hmm. I was angry. Really? I was angry all the time, and I deflected it all to Rob. I thought, well, if Rob was just pulling his weight around here, sure. you know, if Rob was just blah, 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 you know, then I wouldn't be so angry, not realizing that that was just all coming from within me. And not to say our marriage wasn't without challenges, you know, but every marriage has challenges. Um, but it was just this constant just anger and I felt so out of control so that when then when kids were in the picture and I'm trying to get my kindergartner out the door and he's throwing a tantrum and it was just all these things that would just add up and I would just get like Byron Katie talks about flying into these fits of rage it was like that it was like that and there were times when even when I called my sister I was like if I don't call my sister I'm going to do something I really, I'm going to throttle one of my kids. I'm going to, I'm you know what I'm like self-harm or harming others. Like it was that like red alert, like what is this monster that is taking over me in these moments? Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, when I realized I had to, I had to do something about it, you know, but, but so many layers for sure of, of that, of that healing process. But I, I wasn't sad. I was just angry all the time. Really? And then that inertia. I remember actually watching this a TED talk, I think a guy talking about overcoming depression. And I remember watching that. And he said he was like laying in bed and he was like hungry and didn't even want to get up to eat. And he called his dad and he was like, Dad, I'm in trouble. Hmm. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's me. Like, I just, I, I literally, I had an assistant at the time. I had a, nanny slash personal assistant because as a single woman I just needed to outsource some things and I remember her saying can you just get me some food can you just feed me could you just make me there's stuff in the fridge for a salad but I, ugh, to make a salad right yeah. now it just sounds so hard I just so everything I just like just heavy 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 couldn't uh, move couldn't even move so much. yeah so, so crazy isn't it it is totally crazy. So tell me, are you sticking to your diet then? You know, nowadays I wouldn't say sticking to it. I'm really good with my supplements. I take, I take a lot of turmeric. I take a lot of antioxidants. I take fish oils. I take probiotics. Um, I eat pretty clean. You know, I I'm train. I mean, you see me at the gym. I'm training. I've lost um, twenty plus pounds. 
you know, uh, in the last year just that I was carrying for two years after my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've just really kind of taken on that level of like my own fitness. But um, but diet-wise, I eat pretty clean anyway. A lot of just protein and veggies. Yeah. Um, I but love you- dark chocolate and peanut butter, man. Give yeah. me some... <laughs> organic peanut butter cups and I'm a happy girl. So do you limp watch your sugar intake and your caffeine intake I do. and gluten I, and all that? Yeah. Like is it zero or just very limited? little. I don't very little I don't eat bread. Um I don't caffeine, I don't I might drink some green tea, like anti I some like green tea antioxidant stuff I can put in my water and it's mm-hmm. gives you energy and you know, it does have caffeine, but I'm not a coffee drinker and I've not ever been dependent on coffee. Um, and then sugar, yeah, I just definitely limit. It's very, very limited. My junk food intake is very, very limited. I don't drink soda pop. I drink LaCroix. I love sparkling water. I love water. Yeah. drink very little alcohol. I drink rarely, you know. Yeah. Um, but just because for me, health is just, it's got to be number one or number two, at least in your for personal sure. values, or you're not going to do anything about it. Yeah. I invest a lot of money and resources and energy into my physical health and my mental and emotional health Emotional, because it's just a huge priority for me. So tell me, this is called the Mind's Gym podcast. So like, what are you doing? What, how do you exercise your mind today? Like, what do you do to stay on point? You know, every morning I listen to Joseph Murphy or Neville Goddard on YouTube. I love those guys. Joseph, Joseph Murphy. Murphy. You're giving me some yeah, new people. I, I got all, all these. Things. You're sharing me some new people. I thought <laughs> I found them all. I know you found some dang good ones. Joseph, Joseph Murphy, Murphy and Neville Murphy. Goddard. Um, they are, uh, we'll just go discover. They talk about the power of your, Joseph Murphy's book called The Power of Your Unconscious Mind, or Your Subconscious Mind. Sorry, I say unconscious, but a lot of people say sub or unconscious, same sure. thing. Um, his book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind, was a big game changer for me. And these guys are all dead. You know, they died in like the 80s. I mean, they mm-hmm. were they were giving lectures and in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and stuff, you know. Um, but talking about imagination creates reality. Yeah. And getting in rapport with your unconscious mind, you know. So I love those guys. I love their message. And that to me is a very nourishing um I love to listen to their lectures and read their lectures. Cool. So um, you get up in the morning, you yep. listen to Joseph Murphy or yep. Neville Goddard. Just find YouTube. So walk me through your day. Okay. And then I go through. How you take care of Rebecca. I get up and have a, a big glass of water. I usually drink like an entire bottle of waterish, whatever this bo- 16 ounces, you know. And then I'll have a protein shake uh, first thing in the morning just to get my, you know, brain awake. And I take all my supplements. Supplements. I take. Oh my gosh, it's like. <laughs> I take a lot of supplements, you know, but I just know that. I know our food these days is not grown in healthy sure. soil. We just got to take supplements. So walk me through your supplement uh, program. So I take uh, I take all the doTERRA, taking. the doTERRA Lifelong Vitality Pack. Mm-hmm. I love that because it just covers all the bases. So I take all that. It's got like all the cellular nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and then the essential fatty acids. And then I do take extra fish oil, omega-369. Cool. I take two capsules of the Nordic Naturals brand I really like. Um, I also take uh, I take the deep blue, doTERRA's deep blue polyphenol complex. Um, and then they also just came out with the turmeric uh, stuff. So I take the turmeric. I mean, turmeric is great for pain, mm-hmm. for anti-inflammatory, anything that reduces inflammation in my body. I like to take that. Right. Um, I take a probiotic. I take um, I take extra vitamin D. 
I've read a lot about Joseph Mercola. Do you know Dr. Mercola? Yeah, Love for him. Sure. He's been, awesome. I've been on his mailing list for 15 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've read a lot about what he has to say about vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So I do take extra vitamin D. I take um, vitamin C. I take lipospheric vitamin C, which is encapsulated in fat, which means you can take a lot more of it without it creating digestive upset. Mm. And I go to a really great naturopath here in, in Salt Lake City. His name is Todd Cameron, Cameron Wellness Center. He does vitamin C IVs and stuff like that, too. It's just really, really great stuff. So I love, love, love vitamin C. Uh, actually, a great book called Curing the Incurable by Dr. Thomas Levy. Really powerful treatise on the just vitamin C is the bomb. So I take that make my kids take it. Um, I take... Let me think what else is in there. Um, I take uh, some stuff for seasonal allergies... Um, quercetin is what I take for that quercetin bro- with a bromelain complex um, it's just really good for I just get seasonal allergies I'm trying to get on top of it some years I get it some years I don't so I'm like what's yeah, the magic thing here funny, huh? yeah that works. yeah so I'm literally swallowing like 20 pills every morning but cool. I take it with my protein shake yeah. you know and then you know on the days that I work out I train with Michael about two or three days a week you know um, I so I do have a nanny I have a, a full-time nanny and um she arrives at 8, I hop in the car, I drive to Treehouse, I hit my 8.30 workout with Michael, and then I go back home and I eat a lot more. I'll eat eggs, um, I'll have a, a real protein shake, I'll put like, you know, um, spinach and, and blueberries, I put medium chain triglyceride coconut oil in it, um, probably some chia seeds, uh, just all, you know, all that good healthy stuff. It sounds right? just like my shake. And the greens, <laughs> I'll put a scoop of powdered greens in there too. Um, and then, Uh, and then I shower and then I just hit my day, you know, so I work from home. Um, I have an office in my house and I have a a, a great tribe. I've got a Facebook group that I manage with 12,000 massage therapists in it that I support them. And then I have my students in my paid program, you know, my eight week, very high level mentoring program. So I just, I work from home, you know, until, until about five every day. And, um, but also at the forefront of my success in business. And I, I mean, I love business. I love building businesses. And in my massage practice, my revenue doubled every year over the previous, for the first four years. And then this year in my coaching and consulting business, it's doubled every single year. Year one, year two, doubled, doubled that, you know, and this, I'm totally on track to double again. So in my mind, I'm just like massive growth is just what I'm all about. And of course that has to be reflected in my business results, which again is not just about money, but it's about the influence I'm out to make. It's about the impact I want to have on the industry and that I want to get this message out there and empower people. Um, but that is so fueled by the mindset work that I do. Absolutely. So every day I also, I, I, I have, um, I read my goals. Uh, I visualize my goals being attained. I get really focused on like what's the one most important thing? What's my emotional state? Who do I need to be today to show up powerfully for my, for my clients? Um, and just staying in a, a high vibe state. I even have a, I call it my soundtrack of awesome on Spotify where it's like music is one of the fastest ways to change your emotional state. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't care if it's Mbop by Hanson or something. I just, whatever it is that just gets you in a happy mood. Uh, one of my favorite songs is Lose Yourself by Eminem. <laughs> you know, so. part of all the language in it. But, you know, but, but that is a powerful story of, of struggle to absolute triumph when you look at the accomplishments of that kid, Absolutely. that kid, that guy. I mean, we're pretty yes. close in age, but, you know, it's... Um, 
so to me, it's that feeling of triumph and victory and, and, and living fulfilled and living true to my calling, you know? And so that's, I've got sticky notes all over my, my monitor. I've got, you know, I've got my vision board right up, up here in my kind of peripheral vision. I've got, you know, and that's just at the forefront of everything yeah. is I just don't tolerate being stuck. So I might, if I get stuck on something, I'll do the work, you know, I'll pull out a worksheet, mm-hmm. do judge your neighbor, pull it out, da, 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 you know. Um, I will also just use any of my NLP tools. I'll sit down and do timeline therapy with myself. Um, just, I have so many tools at my disposal. I feel like I'm using them constantly. Yeah. And even morning pages, you know, um, the artist's way, Julia Cameron, she's been no. teaching for decades um, about the value of creativity. I'm also an artist. I have an art studio in my house and art is a huge healing tool for me. Mm-hmm. It's not for the result. It's for the creative process. I'll right. literally go to four foot by six foot canvas and just start hucking paint at it. I have no idea how it's going to look, but I love to just create. So one of the things, the tools that Julia Cameron teaches in her book is morning pages where you just sit down and just stream of consciousness, just write. I just type out three pages, just whatever's on my mind, whatever's going on. That to me is so important to get the internal dialogue just kind of out on paper so that I can just man it. My, I'm a highly creative brain. And if I'm not, I'm, I idle at 100 miles an hour in my brain. And so if I, um, I'm even to the point, one of my therapists was like, I think you have ADHD or something. <laughs> I'm like, maybe, I don't know. But for me, multitasking, if I just need a breather, I'll get up and walk. I'll get over, walk over to my art studio and start throwing some paint at the canvas. I'll draw, I'll write, I'll... I'll sing, I'll sit down and play my piano for a little bit. Like I have to just like switch, yeah. switch, switch, switch. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise the monotony starts to really uh, get me down, you know. Yeah. But those are just, you know, those tools and processes, but also the power of community. You know, I have people in my life. My best friend, Katie, we've been friend, best friends for 23 years and we're not friends, we're coaches for each other. Hmm. Like we, our relationship is, she stands for my greatness and I stand for her greatness and I will listen to her garbage but then I will say okay now here's what I have to say about that and I'll give her coaching and she'll say thank you and it's the reciprocal relationship I have friends from my NLP community other trainers I have my own coaches oh you better believe I have coaches you know I've got business coaches I've got mindset coaches I've got you know strategy coaches I've got I'm surrounded by people that are holding me accountable for showing up in the world the way I want to show up because failure is not an option. Yeah. Going back to depression, not an option over here. It's just not. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's that, you know, that's why I get so moved when my sister said, the cavalry is coming. Yeah. To know that I have this support network where my family will drop everything and say, we've got you. What do you need? You need mom to come take the kids? Yes. Mom, that day she came and took the kids. I could just sit on the couch and just cry. And my brother brought me a salted caramel mocha or whatever it was that I wanted. You know, it was just like to just know I'm okay. So now I've just built in that network that I will reach out to a sister or reach out to a colleague or a friend and say, hey, help me see this differently. Or just, you know, my tolerance for being disempowered in my life has gotten very, very, very low. And like I said, I I can think of maybe one week in the last two years where I felt very blasé, 
But it was because I had been gone for a month getting my trainer's training, you know, passing my board evaluation. I literally like checked out. I was gone in Las Vegas. My kids were with the care of, you know, other people. I, I was minimally, you know, keeping touch with my clients and running my program. I was relying on my employees. I had kind of just like checked out to do some Rebecca training. So when it came back to like the, the daily grind, I was kind of like, reality. oh gosh, you know, coming back from a vacation is hard, you know. And even though it was a self-development vacation, I had made so many shifts that it was like coming back into integrate the rest yeah. of my life. But but most of the time, you know, I nurturing myself and getting adequate sleep and and keeping the toxic people out of my, the negative vibes out of my life and and expressing love and expressing gratitude. And also, honestly, my favorite, Brandon, are the are I am statements. I am, I can, I have, I will are the most powerful words you can ever utter. And it does not matter what's going on around you. There were times I was in my car screaming, just saying, I am loved. I am okay. I am strong. You know, like I didn't, my mind didn't believe it at all. Sure. You know, but I was like, I have got to make this voice louder than the default voice that's in my head. Mm-hmm. And just that, that I am loved. I am, a, I am a child of God. I am powerful. I am amazing. I make a difference. I am valued. I am worth it. I deserve love and respect from the people in my life, you know. You know, going through an abusive relationship is a really hard thing. So just keeping the mental chatter on replay is so important. So affirmations. Yeah. They do that down at that uh, rehab clinic I work at at lunch and breakfast and dinner. Okay, let's do our affirmations. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you don't believe it because the power of of language, all the tools I use are working with the unconscious mind, hypnosis, Mm -hmm. timeline therapy, NLP, all that stuff. It's all working with the unconscious mind and the unconscious mind is the habit mind Mm -hmm. and it's conditioned through repetition. So you can even get on YouTube and listen while you sleep to like, I am beautiful. I am wealthy. I am like, there's all this stuff you can just listen to that I just have that playing in the background all the time now because I've had so many decades of I need to be perfect in order to be loved. I'm not seen. I'm obnoxious. I'm annoying. I'm too loud. I'm too much. No one can handle me. You know, like I had so many years of that garbage playing in between my ears that I've just become that, like Eckhart Tolle says, you know, that ever vigilant guardian of your inner space. Mm -hmm. It's a full-time job. But I do it now because it honors the creation that I am. I don't do it because I feel broken and need to be fixed. I did used to feel that way. But when you just saturate your mind with positivity, it sinks in and is accepted by the unconscious mind. And then it just begins to be your reality. And that's like the joy I live in every day is this joy and this bliss and, and, and gratitude. And yeah, I have moments where I'm up against it or something pops up. Mostly it's my relationships with men these days. I'm like, okay, unconscious mind, let's clear that garbage out. You know? <laughs> my daddy issues and all that yeah. stuff, you know. But it's like, that's, that's like, I feel like it's 95% of my life is just so, I'm so grateful. I really, I'm so humbled and grateful. I love I love my life. I love what I do. Good I'm for you. St- and, 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 you know, and it, but it's still the, the human tendency is to fall back into the, the lowest common denominator, you know? Water always seeks the lowest level, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like 
I don't for a second take for granted that I have to keep that that stronghold. But it feels now more normal instead of treading water, gasping for air. You know, I feel like I'm like up up on the, you know, up on the lifeguard tower looking down. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like I'm in the pool splashing around anymore. And that that's a that's a very you know, um, important process, I think, of my evolution to feel like, okay, I can breathe now. Mm-hmm. And I can even let go sometimes, and it's good. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm going to, the second I let go, I'm going to f- crash and burn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Repetition. It's cool. Key. Yeah. So what? tell me your definition of success now. What's success mean to you? Well, success is doing what you love and making a difference and making a living. To me, like... In life, success. I mean, we can obviously define that in lots of different contexts, but but that's what my focus is with my work now is helping people get what they want, and you know, really thriving. Mm-hmm. And that that that's my livelihood now is like the best thing in the world. You know, I've been self-employed for over ten years now, and um, for me, I can't imagine I can't imagine not having control over my creative expression of what my life is. Yeah. And I love bringing that to other people, but. You know, success, as Earl Nightingale defines it, is the progressive realization of a definite goal. So just the fact that anybody has a goal and is working towards it, you're successful. Yeah. Most people just drift, and they just kind of hope they win the lottery one day or they hope they, you know, fall into a state of nirvana or something. But, you know, the just progress, the progressive motion movement towards something that's important to you. Whether that's getting out of depression or beating your anxiety or, you know, healing a toxic relationship or forgiving somebody or, I mean, those are all noble and very worthwhile goals. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's how I see it these days. How has uh, religion affected your journey? Uh, have to talk about this no we don't well but no i'll just, just say brief, i'll just say and you know and again look i want to be sensitive you know like I, I mean i i you know for those that know my father and his kind of influence in the lds culture some people are like oh yeah rebecca's like grew up like mormon royalty in that sense you know mm-hmm. it's so i mean i mean i have mormon pioneer ancestors on both sides of my family like i'm a total diet in the wool mormon but that i stopped participating in, in church and no longer active it I still totally love and respect. I have no angst, mm-hmm. you know. Then my choice is mine. Other people's choices. There, I have no, I have no enmity, no none of that, you know. So I want to preface that. Um, but religion, for me, honestly, provided a really powerful framework. Um, also, also challenges, you know, for sure, unique challenges. But, um, but I feel really blessed in the sense that I grew up being taught that I was you know, a precious soul, that I was a daughter of heavenly parents, that my life had purpose, my life had meaning, that that I had a, a, a mission to accomplish here. You know, I feel really fortunate that, that were the, those were the sentiments that were echoed in the hallways of my home was that I matter and that I'm here for a reason and it's a part of a much bigger plan, you know? And so while I don't hold on to the structure of the church that I was uh, raised in and I don't practice that religion, um, I feel like uh, a sense of just a universal sense of love and connectedness that that I feel like I'm, I'm here to serve, you know, humanity. And I think religion 
for a lot of people ends up feeling very constraining if they're just evolving in their values. For other people, it's great. It gives them that safety, the certainty, the security that a lot of people really need, and that's important. And I say if, if you need that, then hang on to it. Let it serve its purpose, you know? Um, so so for me, it's just more of, I, I think now, you know, in Byron Katie's is, uh like, you know, you know what your, she's in my religion used to be, my kids should pick up their socks, mm-hmm. you know, and for me, it's a telling um, piece of wisdom to look at how you live your life is actually your religion. In other words, what you truly believe at an unconscious level will be played out in your life, regardless of how you say you should feel or should live look at how you're actually living. And I'm more interested in that authenticity, that truing up of not, hey, you know, over here I should be this loving, kind person, but ultimately I'm pretty selfish and manipulative. (laughs) You know, I'm more interested in what do I need to do to bring congruence to, you know, who I say I am versus how I actually am in the world, if that makes sense. I love that. It's really important to me. So for sure. Yeah, authentic. And that was really why I left uh, my religion was I just felt like it wasn't an authentic expression of my spirituality. And I wanted to find what that was. And I wanted it to be a choice for myself instead of default what I grew up with. Yeah. You know, everyone says this is the way, so do it. And I was like, no, I'm going to find that for myself. You know, I'm just going to find that for myself. And if I ever went back to the LDS church, then I would it would just be totally mine. It would be totally yeah. authentic. Sure. You know, and the jury's still out on that one, I guess. Good you know? for you. So, yeah. Uh, pretty honorable of you, too, to step out and step away and to be able to find your religion, whatever that may be. Super scary, it's hard too. hard to get out of that way. A lot of cultural backlash of that, yeah. but I just had to own it. I just had to say yeah. this is for me, and I have to do this for myself. And How do your yeah. siblings do as far as religion goes? Um, you know, two only two of my siblings are still active. active in the LDS church and I totally respect that. I love the work that Julie's doing and and my sister Emily, like she's, she and her husband, you know, they're fantastic. You know, they're just contributors, leaders in society. They're just amazing human beings. They do humanitarian stuff. They've got great kids. Her son's returning from his uh, mission in Indiana this next month. And, you know, like I'm like, awesome. Go you, go do that. But we have very open uh, dialogues about it. Um, in our family. There's really no judgment about it, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. But, you know, like, so we'll respect, like, those of us that have departed and, you know, if we're going to have a party and there's going to be alcohol served, we just let the Mormons know, hey, there's going to be alcohol served, your choice. You know, like, you come yeah. or not, if you yeah. want your kids around that, feel, f- you know, if you're, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, so that it's, it's open. It's just open. I think yeah. that's just the, the normal love and respect that it should be, you know? That's so, so cool. Yeah. Sounds like you guys have a pretty neat family dynamic. You know, we really do. Sounds amazing. My mom, Linda, she's amazing. And my dad is just, he's, you know, he's awesome. I, Mm. and again, my parents aren't perfect, but, but I just respect what they took on, you know, having nine kids is crazy, (laughs) you know, but my, but my dad always said my goal was that my children were independent. And he said, I'm so proud. He's like, my, my children don't borrow money from me. My children like... You know what I mean? Like he's like all of my children are resourceful, independent, making their own way in the world. And he's like, that's that's what I wanted. And my mom too. She's just like, oh my gosh, I'm just so in awe of all of all of you. Like, and she's just yeah. the most loving, supportive mom, grandma, 
Everybody loves Linda. I mean, there's not a single person on this planet that does not just love my mother. She's just a saint, mm-hmm. and but an authentic one. You know, she's just very real about her own struggles. And I feel, you know, I definitely had, definitely knew that my parents loved me, and they were doing the best they could. Sure, you know, yeah. we so. all figure that out in our old age, don't we? Yeah, kind of. No matter how we turn out, we blame our parents. <laughs> you know, That's but um, but yeah, I, I really do have a lot of love and respect for my parents and cool. and uh, and the lessons that they yeah. they gave us the opportunity to learn by yeah. not dealing with their mental health and then dealing with their mental health yeah. and That's you know cool. everybody just kind of being all in it together and you know yeah. caring about each other's welfare yeah it's a good tribe neat good, good for tribe, you yeah. um, what does your um, god look like Oh, so interesting you should ask. So for me, especially with a lot of the stuff I've been studying with Neville Goddard and Joseph Murphy, they give a they teach out of the Bible. So it's really good because it nurtures the Christian that I grew up, at. you know, it nurtures the the Jesus loving, God believing, Bible, you know, wielding uh child that I was. Um but I also love how they talk about that imagination creates reality, that your human imagination is God. It is the ability to create. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that that Christ dwells within all of us. Well, we all have an imagination. It's our creative faculty. As within, so without. Cleanse the inner vessel. Go down to the potter's house and see what he's doing. Like all of these have now become metaphors for the conscious mind, which is the, which is the husband and the unconscious mind in the Bible, which is the wife, you know, the, the, the man impregnates the wife and she get bears a child, the conscious mind impregnates the unconscious mind. And then you live the result of that, you know, so oh. beautiful metaphors. So for me, I like what Byron Katie says that God is reality because it rules. Haven't you noticed? You don't have a choice. Sure. Reality is what it is, you know? So I like that God is the, what is and it's our ability to, it's the I am. It's the I am, whatever follows that I become. It's a law in the universe. The name of God is I am. So whatever follows that, you d- are declaring that that is who you are. So choose your words carefully. So to me, it's, it's, it, I've, I've grown into more of a notion of that it is an internal power that we all possess. I don't see it as a dude on a throne with a white beard or anything. It's like... It's our own creative imagination. It's our ability to make real in this world what we conceive of uh, in our minds. Mm-hmm. And I love that notion because sure. it levels the playing field. Absolutely. We are all able to create what we want. We were all endowed with that power. Most of us are unconscious to that fact and we misuse that power. But I've truly come to see and own in my life that I've created all of it. I'm 100% responsible for whatever's in front of me. I did that. Yeah. Usually unconsciously. Sure. You know, when you're dealing with pain and suffering, it's because there is an unconscious program in there that is literally just running your life. And if you can dial into that and change the internal dialogue and change the pictures in your mind, then you're going to change the results out here. Yeah. You know? So is, powerful. so is Rebecca God? Totally. So are you. Mm-hmm. So is everyone listening. It's hard for people to hear. Yeah. You know that? Yeah, and I ask I that question often, and not many people go where you went with it. Yeah, I'm like, of course, you know, we're all that. You are. Uh, look, everything <laughs> around us is God. This water <laughs> bottle is God. I mean, it's like everything. 
It's all encompassing, right? And you know, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to think that we are all equal and that we all have the ability to create and that you're my projection mm-hmm. and I'm your projection. And I the beauty you. I see out there, that's my beauty. Yeah. And the pain I see out there, that's my pain. And that shows me where I need to revise my memories. That shows me where I need to do some different, some healing, some love, some forgiveness. You know, the work is really about forgiveness, right? The work of Byron Katie, Absolutely. so much about forgiveness. To forgive those unconscious parts of me or those karmic debts or memories or shared memories, you know, that we can... Uh, use all those beautiful tools to clean and clear. Like Ho'oponopono, I'm sure you know what Ho'oponopono is. No. Oh my gosh. I, I tell all you, the tools teaching for me you, all. Brandon. Oh hey, my I'm God. taking notes over here like never okay, before. Well, we're just going to, guys, we're just going to start a whole workshop for the yes. next year. <laughs> so I'm going to have Rebecca on uh, we're gonna, I'm every gonna other month. <laughs> exactly. We're going to start with one of her tools and, and dissect it completely. Yep. She's going to teach from behind the microphone. Exactly. I'm in. Done. I'm probably going to go broke because no. this podcast is out there for the world at no right. charge. Right. But we will learn a lot in the process. You will learn a lot. So So. ho'oponopono is a Hawaiian word. Look, I'm going to write it out for you. H-O apostrophe. O-P-O-N-O-P-O-N-O. Ho'oponopono. And it is a Hawaiian prayer that means I love you. Please. uh, Sorry. I love you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And the story is this beautiful psychologist basically healed and shut down the ward for the criminally insane at the Hawaii State Hospital by doing no therapy with them. Really? He did no therapy with them. He didn't even talk to them. <laughs> he, they literally had, you can read the story, it's documented, it's like legit. It's pretty awesome. His name is uh, Hugh, H-E-W, Iliakala. Len, L-E-N, Dr. Len. Just Google Dr. Len Ho'oponopono and you'll find it. Uh, Joe Vitale, you know, who's one of the teachers in The Secret, he, mm-hmm. he wrote, a, he interviewed Dr. Len and basically published that story. He brought oh. it out to the public. Another tool. Another tool. So what happens is the idea of I'm 100% responsible for what's in front of me. If you are over there and you're suffering, I cause that at some level. Again, not blame, but just mm-hmm. causality, right? Sure. The ability to impact something. Yeah. And there's a part of my unconscious mind that is, seeing you over there as your projection of it. Mm-hmm. So so he sat there, he looked at their files. Uh, these people were really dangerous, criminally insane, dangerous people, and uh, even attacking those staff and all of that stuff, just hard stuff. Toilets flushing in the middle of the night, no one, ghosts haunt, I mean, all kinds of just weird stuff going, dark, hard stuff going down there. So he, um, all he did was look at their files and say over and over again, I love you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. You know, and he's basically saying, I love you to the part of himself. I am sorry. Please forgive me for the part of me that created this in you. And thank you. And what this process actually does too is it actually goes down and cleans out whatever the memories are in the unconscious mind and this ties, for me, it really ties into timeline therapy because you and I are here together because we have shared memories at some point, mm-hmm. maybe a lifetime ago or maybe whatever, right? Sure, absolutely. And so I love that interwoven, interconnected, and we're all connected. And I truly, truly believe that. 
But it's about going and clearing and forgiving yourself for the part of you that's incongruent or the part of you that's carrying pain or the part of you that's whatever that would have this person show up the way they're showing up. So all he did over and over Hmm. was clean and clear out the part of him taking responsibility for what those people were showing up as as part of his own projection of his unconscious mind. Mm. And one by one, things totally improved. They unshackled yeah, people. They did Vogue rehab. They were they had a bake sale. I mean, and, and eventually they shut the place down. The people, the people uh, healed. They, wow. they, you know what I mean? Like they, crazy. it just, yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a little mind altering, right? Because oh. if that is true and it is a true story mm-hmm. and you believe it and you follow it, then you have to take a whole new level of responsibility for your life mm-hmm. um, or ignore it. <laughs> Both of which have consequences. And so, so this whole, uh, how did we even get on that? How did I even break? What was the question you asked? Ho'oponopono. Uh, um, you were talking about you God. Brought and then, that up. We talked about God and then okay. you were moving on and then you just and said I just you, Okay, well, here we are talking about it. Here it is. Here it is. you followed your thoughts. I'm just following my thoughts. It is going on. That's what I said. But this is, a, this is just a powerful, powerful tool for being able to, you know, move through just about anything. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm constantly saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. You know, like just, it's in some of the artwork I've created. It's, yeah. you know, it's it's... Those Power. words are powerful, cleansing, clearing words, mm. you know? And so we can look at, I look at maybe my 13-year-old who's having some challenges or who's being a grumpy bear or whatever it is, and I'm like, that's me. That's me. That's not him. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yeah. So I'm going to come over here and I'm going to say, I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me for the part of me that that created you. And thank you. Right. Cleaning and clearing out the whole thing. So I cool. feel like that was an answer to a question that you asked, but anyway, I went been. on a tangent, and now know, there we are. But so. I like it. Well, it was go. necessary. A new tool. Because you shared it. Right? How yeah. do we know I needed to share it? Because I did. Because you did. <laughs> um, you're teaching me a lot here. You're, you're hitting some points of interest that I am need to work on. Mm. I'm really artistic, and I'm just noticing as you're speaking, I've quit using my artistic part of my brain because I'm just so focused on... Mm. brain only but I'm not doing I'm not drawing I'm not writing I'm not painting yeah I, used to I do think that it'll as a change kid and life. I loved it and then I almost started six months ago there's this amazing amazing artist in Draper that's offered to have me come show up once a week and cool. I didn't and now it's like you know what I mean just to go out and be able to express the mind and let it have its have a life that artistic side of you mm-hmm. it's powerful it's, it's important. One of my dreams um, is to have a... I want to have an art barn. I want to have a big oh, barn cool. on my property. And it's just a creative space and it can just be messy and you can leave things out. And it's just... I'm doing a, a process arts facilitator training. So one thing you should know about me is I've got a lot of trainings and certifications. I'm like a junkie. I love it. I just love to learn I all the too. courses. I just... I just love it. I follow my bliss that way, and that really is healing for me. But I'm doing a process arts facilitator training with Stuart Cubley. And um, 
that's the whole process that I'm that I utilize and have for over 20 years now and that I want to be able to teach as part of a healing tool is mm -hmm. literally just who are you when you're standing in front of a blank canvas are you the one yeah. that needs to go paint the whole thing black and get some certainty or right. you you get paralyzed by like it's not going to be a perfect portrait of a woman with a bird on her shoulder you know like it's letting go of the outcome yeah. and it's just being in relationship to a creative process yeah. and 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 looking at the colors and I let the colors speak to me I'm like who wants to go play on the canvas? Okay, turquoise, that's a pretty color. Yeah. Which brush do I want to use? Um, lately, I've been painting with a, a strap of, uh, a little slab of leather. Yeah. <laughs> like I just yeah. scrape the canvas yeah. with, you know, what whatever. It's just whatever shows up. And it's a, I, I think that if you start painting again, Brendan, it'll change yeah. your life. I think so too. Just create, create, create. I think we are, we're born to create. And if we create. stifle that process, we pay the price in our health and well-being too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. You're you're teaching me lots here, and I'm sure you're helping all of our listeners too. So cool. I love it. I love to share. So, uh, what about Satan oh, and Satan. hell? Does Satan exist? Does hell exist? The adversary is your mind. Yeah. It's your untrained mind. There's no. There is no. Listen, if we if God created everything and creation is finished. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no other opposing force out there, as far as I can tell, other than an untrained mind. The the negative thoughts, the things that sabotage, that that's the adversary. And, and I've known that for a long time. Even when I was Mormon, I was like, oh, yeah, guys, Satan's not a thing. Like, the, I, as far as I could tell, it was, it was the adverse thoughts. It was the natural man. It was the unchecked, it was the unconscious... Uh, stuff that you believe that's dragging you down. Yeah. I don't believe there's an external entity or a spirit or a dude with a pitchfork and a fiery furnace. I, that just doesn't make any sense to me. That seems very, very mythical. Um, yeah, I just feel like the adversary is is uh, the thoughts you have that are incongruent with who you are yeah. and your ability to create. Well said. And doubt. It's fear and doubt, essentially. For sure, fear. Adversary, yeah. yeah, in my book. So does hell exist when we're done here? Oh, we've lived it our lives. <laughs> what are you even talking about? <laughs> it exists right here. Haven't you noticed? <laughs> I thought this was heaven. No, no, no. Heaven is when you Until I believe a thought. Yeah, until you believe a thought. I believe a negative thought, then, yeah. it's, then I'm out of heaven. No, hell is... Ex hell. So Neville Goddard and Joseph Murphy teach that the Bible, it's not historical it's states of consciousness. Hmm. Adam is a state of consciousness. Eve is a state of consciousness. Uh, you know, Abraham is a state of consciousness. Jacob, Esau, all it's, a, it's states of consciousness. They're metaphors. The whole thing is metaphors. Ultimately arriving at Christ, the Messiah, hmm. you know, the son of God, the God within, the you know, all that stuff, right? But that's all human states of consciousness that we all possess. So Lucifer is a state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, hell is a state of consciousness. It's not sure. a literal place to go. Sure. It's just a state of consciousness. Hmm. And, you know, I, I'm sure we all know. I've, I've been in hell. Yeah. You know, hell is believing your dark thoughts. Hell is yeah. seeing no way, no possibilities. Hell is giving up your power, your creative ability, yeah. is, is trading in your light for something else. Yeah. You know, and to me, that's hell. So when we're, uh, when we're done here, we move to the other side. Uh, are we all going the same place? I think so. Or is there different categories?
categories. I I I th- I don't know about that. Gosh, I don't know, but I would I would I think that we return to the realm of light from which we came. And I think that there's constant growth. I think that again, speaking of karma, you know, going back to that, I, I just believe there are just things that we I think expansion is infinite in all directions. You know, I read about a concentric circles theory of eternity when I was, it was about 15 years ago. I thought, gosh, that makes sense. Because, you know, in my religion growing up, eternity is like a big thing, right? Marriage for a time and all eternity. And oh, yeah, it's heavy. Everything's eternal. It's very, very, very significant. And um, it seems linear. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I got to get over there. And I'm here, and I'm supposed to be over there. I'm not there yet. That means I'm deficient. I'm not good enough. I'm not perfect enough. I'm not obedient enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not all the things enough. And then when I read this concentric circles theory, I thought, gosh, that makes a lot more sense. So concentric circles, it's like, you know, I'm within whatever sphere I'm in, and I'm a master of that sphere. I'm whole and complete in this sphere, right? Mm -hmm. Now, once I get some, I let go of something or I expand my awareness of something, I can jump out to the next ring, like the rings of Saturn or like an everlasting gobstopper. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, and then you're in that level, but you see it's not linear. It's just I grew outwards and upwards and in all directions I got bigger. And there I am and I'm whole and complete in that level of understanding. I am totally complete. I've, I've got everything I need right here. Now, is the next ring possible? Yes, but it doesn't mean I'm not good enough because I'm not at that ring. Yeah. You know, So how we c- conceive of time, it actually makes a huge difference in how we live our lives. Yeah. You know, So I think about where we go when we die. I mean, I don't know, maybe this is it and then we're just done. But part of me just really does believe that being is truly eternal. Yeah. I think that we are all different points of light from the same sun, you know what I mean? We're all just, we, we seem separate, but we're really not. Mm-hmm. And and that perhaps we just go back into inner space, you know, from yeah. whence we came. But I think that that, that growth and development is always possible. Yeah. It, it seems, it would seem to defy the laws of what we know in the universe that something would just like cease to, like cease to exist. Yeah. You just exist in a different form. Yeah. Because we're all energy, right? Yeah, totally. Like energy cannot be created or destroyed. Created it just changes so it states. Just yeah, shifts. yeah. So again, just states. Shift. Your vehicle shifts. Yeah, get exactly. a new vehicle, right? Exactly. Get a new car. Scotty dog, yeah. top hat, yeah. thimble, new playing piece. You know. Well, you mentioned time. What are your thoughts on time? Does time exist? Well, time is a linguistic construct. There is no past. In reality, there's no past. Yeah. And there's, there's no, no future. future. <laughs> yeah. So does time exist? Time is a linguistic construct. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't exist like this desk exists. Mm-hmm. It's a con it's a linguistic con it only exists in language. Yeah. So when I talk about the past, it's only because I have language to talk about the past and I have memories which also are language. A, a dog doesn't have a past. Mm-hmm. Dogs have instincts and repetitive training and things like that, but they, they don't go, oh, you know, that one time three months ago when you forgot to feed me and yeah, I'm just really, I hate you, I hate you and that's <laughs> why I'm peeing on the rug. No, they're, they're just being. You look at a baby. Babies don't have time. Babies are why, just pure being. Why are us as human beings so complicated? Why were we set up to have a past or believe we have a past and think we have a future? 
Because that's what causes... That's a cause mm, of all of the pain. All of the pain and suffering on this planet. I, it's just, I don't get it. I think it's just because we are linguistic beings. It's just language. That's why I, I've been in love with words since I was a kid. My favorite book is The Phantom Tollbooth. And I read it when I was a little kid. I was probably seven years old. And this kid, Milo, he's super bored in this pop-up cardboard toll booth. And he drives his little car through it. And he ends up in this other land. You know, like all like, like the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. You know, you get some, your house turns into some mysterious, you know, adventure, right? And I loved books like that. And, and he's, uh, he goes into these different kind of parts of the journey. But they talk about words, you know, and they're eating their words for breakfast and they're like bartering in the market for like, I'll, I, I'll give you $2 for that E, you know, or I need a G or an F or, you know, and it, it just got me thinking all the art that I do is with words actually. Hmm. And, um, all the training that I got for decades with landmark, uh, education was really, uh, the biggest takeaway for me was that you're, you're literally creating your life with your words. You say you're a piece of crap, okay, that's what you get, you know. Words create, words create. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And then there was light. God didn't say, what are we going to call all this junk? Let's label it, get out the labeler. It didn't exist until he said it. He spoke it into existence. So I feel like, you know, in that metaphor, for us and our creative ability, we speak everything into existence, everything. And so that's the, that's the blessing and the curse, True. That's the blessing and the curse, and it's just the way that it is. But I think that there's huge opportunity therein for becoming conscious mm-hmm. of where we're unconscious. And we have to have language in order to do that. Yeah. It, it, it's just what allows us to even s- strive for, for, for growth. You know, again, animals aren't concerned about growth. They just exist, yeah. you know, and they just live and die and they have a cycle and we just all have a cycle and that's just the way it is. But, but I think I look at it the other way. I think, isn't it wonderful to know that we create our problems with language yeah. and that we can uncreate our problems with language. language. The mm-hmm. thing that causes the problem is the same thing that solves the problem, requires a different level of thinking, like mm-hmm. Einstein said, you know, to transcend the problem. But we all have the tools. Yeah. We have the tools to create. We have the tools to destroy. So use your tools to get what you want. Yeah, I like that. I don't get yeah, to, I don't get crazy. disempowered by that at all. I think once you accept that that's just how it is, then you go, okay, great. Now what? What can I do about it? Yeah, you know. Do you ever consider who we would be without language? We'd be pure bliss. <laughs> we would. We would just be. We would just be being. So we'd just be like those beautiful babies. So can we just quit communicating and talking and expressing our feelings? I, should we do an experiment? <laughs> should we create a colony? And just sit here and look each other in the eyes and see what happens. Like well, Byron but, Katie makes you do. But you know what happens. Yeah. You know Love. what happens. Love. That's it. I mean, anytime I've been in any self-development workshop where they do an exercise like that, mm-hmm. where you just don't talk and yeah. you just be with that person and you just make eye contact and there's no fidgeting and there's no yeah. nothing. And you just, I mean, still remember Julie Cusmario. She's one of my friends I did the I met at the school for the work she's a great coach up in Canada she's got big beautiful blonde like afro she's just got the most amazing curly hair I've ever seen on a Caucasian she's just gorgeous I love her so much and I love her because I met her at the school and I sat across from her in that exercise Hmm. and it was aside from beholding my own children 
just truly falling in love with another human being just by being with them. And we can do that at any time. And I think sometimes we just don't, I mean, even now I'm sitting here looking across you, I'm like getting tears in my (laughs) eyes and you are, you know, it's like, cause all there is over there is love. I know. You know, and we get so afraid of it. Oh, what does it mean? But like, like that's our essence. And I think my favorite quote, and I always tell everybody in my life this, please put this on my, please, when I die, honor my life. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. Mm-hmm. It's our light, not our darkness, which most frightens us. When we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. You're playing small. doesn't serve anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, we were born to shine. Mm-hmm. We were, and we're, you know, we were born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. And it's not within some of us. It's within all of us. And as we let our own lights shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. And as we are liberated from our own fears, our presence automatically liberates others. That's Marianne Williamson. I've had, that has been on my wall since I was 17 years old. That's the flag I fly. That's who I am. That's what I'm about. I truly believe that it is our light that frightens us. We're so afraid of our awesomeness because we'd have to be responsible for it. We'd have to let go of all the garbage. We'd have to let go of our pain. You know, we want to, some of us want to just hold on to our pain because it's so familiar and we're so justified and we don't have to take risks in life. We get to stay safe. You know, if you really let yourself love, then you realize, wow, I could really be hurt. You know, if I really let myself love as much as I could love, then I could also be hurt just as deeply. And our little brains are just designed to keep us safe. You know, but like, I really do believe at the core of, if we could all just let go and just be, it would just be heaven. Imagine what this planet would look like. Seriously, right? Let's get on that. You're a powerful young lady. I'm so impressed with your language. Fun to listen to. I'm captivated. Thank you. I so I've made you. it my work. You know, I yeah, literally, I, I woke up when I was 17. Mm-hmm. I had a really profound awakening, and I, I won't claim I'm woke, you know, but I, I began to really value that process of cleaning out the junk that's in the way of my brilliance so that I can serve other people, so that I can serve my own process and that I can help liberate my calling is people are liberated yeah. and I that's what I that's why I do everything I do and liberated from pain of childbirth liberated from fear of childbirth liberated from pain I'm a massage therapist for heaven's sake you know like liberated from the pain of the mind and just gathering all the tools uh, to share with people mm-hmm. and to bring that I think everybody innately are healers and honestly, Brandon, I think sometimes when we get stuck in anxiety and depression, it's because we're afraid of our power, we've disconnected from our power, mm-hmm. or we've lost, you know, we, yeah, just those two things. Yeah. We've forgotten who we are. We That's don't well know who said. we are. Yeah. And when, the more we can do to get the stuff out of the way so that our true essence is revealed, mm-hmm. there's nothing broken. You know, we're whole, we're complete, we're perfect, exactly the way we are, but we have barriers to the experience of that and the expression of that. That's one of the best things, tenets that Landmark taught me. We're, we're whole and complete and perfect. You're not broken. You do have some human machinery that's running the show most of the time that prevents you from experiencing mm. your divinity. But at our core, we're all divine. Mm. How could we not be? Yeah. You know? It's a freaking miracle. 
Absolutely. Every time I saw a baby get born, I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, how, how is that even possible? How is it even possible a human being just emerged from my body or from that woman? Like, how is that even possible? And where it started, too. Where it started. Teeny embryo that's the size of the, you know, end of a pin. And I remember walking out of the hospital one night, probably five o'clock in the morning, you know, after a long labor and my scrubs and with my doula bag and, you know, parents are all settled in and taken care of by the staff and all that. And just beholding this like brand new baby and just being like, who are you? Like, you're just this mystery. And then when I walked into the elevator, there was a janitor, you know, and he looked really tired and kind of older guy and... You know, and I just, I thought, you are somebody's baby. You are somebody's miracle. Somebody beheld you with wonder and awe. Absolutely. And that's what we all are. Mm. And we just forget. Yeah. <laughs> you know. How we easily forget. we forget. That's we just forget. I try, sad to, thing, huh? try to connect to that. I know that's why I teach it yeah. is because it te- it. Keeps, keeps me responsible grounded. for it. it. Keeps you grounded. I think that's the whole yeah. reason I do the Byron Katie work so much is, man, it just keeps bringing me back to me, right? Yeah. The more you do it, the better you feel. Yeah. You know, the more connected you are, especially with the human being you're sitting in front of. Well, just such a connection. Yeah. And that is, I also know whenever my one-on-one clients are working on stuff, I'm like, okay, here we go. This is me. Mm-hmm. Whatever they are dealing with is me. It's my projection. Catherine Dixon taught yeah. me that. You know, she yeah. trained me in the work of Byron Katie, and it was like, yeah. whatever your client is showing up with is your own unresolved unconscious issues. And 100% of the time, that has been the case. Yeah. So I love that we get to serve each other by doing our work. Yeah. So you're going to show up with your stuff, and I'm going to help you get free from that. And in doing so, I free yeah. myself from it as well. Absolutely. And that's why I think we yeah. are all healers and need to be consciously involved in that work. Yeah, she, uh, after she came to my group class that one night, we talked a few days later on the phone, and she just said, I want to make sure you're doing one thing and that you're doing your work while you're facilitating right. those human beings. And she yep. was like pounding it into me, and I'm yep. like, okay, I got it. Yep. Thank you for sharing that with me. It's so important. Yeah. Perception, so this is one of the uh, assumptions of NLP, is perception is projection. You cannot observe something in the world that doesn't <laughs> exist in you. Neurologically, it's not possible. I agree. We're assaulted, you know, again, 11 million bits per second of information flying at us. Our nervous system can only handle about 127 bits per second. Mm-hmm. We have to delete, generalize, and distort, and we will only select those 127 bits of information based on our own programs, mm-hmm. our own meta filters, our own perceptions. So I, I, I can only see something in you. If I think you're brilliant, it's because I'm brilliant. If I think you're a jerk, it's because I'm a jerk. If I think, you know, gosh, you're stuck, well, where am I stuck? It's yeah. it, And that's just so, that's so actually powerful. how we got talking about ho'oponopono. Is that how it was? Is perception is projection. Is that yeah. idea that if somebody's got a problem, that's me over yeah. there. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And much. I can do something about it. By yeah. healing me over here, I heal. Yeah. I heal you. I give you more space Mm-hmm. in the universe, you yep. know? Yeah. Isn't that amazing too? As, as I've learned exactly what you're talking about, like the, as you converse and you sit with a human being or you talk to somebody that's confused and struggling and whatever, somebody's unkind, I can't, I, I can't get upset at a human being anymore. I can't. I it's, just It's impossible, <laughs> you know? Like yeah. can, can my kids every once in a while irk me a little bit here and there? Yes, but only also when I'm confused. 
but just to know where they're coming from yeah. and to be able to be like, okay, why are you behaving in that manner? You know, what, what happened or how are you conditioned to behave that way? What, yeah. what really took place in your childhood that has you show up looking like this? You know, and just to be able to get in their shoes and, and see that, it just makes you more compassionate, loving, yeah. kind, yeah. less judgmental human it, being. It so, is compassion. That's another one know? of the presuppositions of NLP is that people are always doing the best they, ha- they can with the resources they currently have available to them. In a certain moment, you're going to be a different person. Under stress, you're going to show up differently. With friends, mm-hmm. you might show up differently than you do with your lover. You know, So in the moment, you only have certain resources internally available to you. You have access to everything. But in the moment, the programs might limit what you have right. access to. Yeah. And so you go, like, like Katie says, if I was believing their thoughts, I would be doing the exact same thing. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, you know, my, my, I mentioned my, my daughter's dad um, was my most recent and biggest and hardest lesson. And I am so grateful for the pain that I got to see in that relationship. Mm. I'm so grateful um, to have used the tools I have at my disposal to now create what I want that relationship to look like, Mm. you know, which is that I'm raising her by myself and that's what I wanted and that's what I truly believe is best. Mm. And, And I have absolute love and compassion, you know, where I used to hate him. I used to suffer so much, but then I'm like, okay, Rebecca, do the work. You've got the tools. You know, I'm not exempt from being human, right? I still have those, you know, challenges or insecurities or just unconscious beliefs, but they're showing up to be healed. And I just feel like that's the gift we all all are for each other is there's just a lesson here. There's an opportunity for me to learn something here. And if we can orient ourselves to being curious, like, Mm. hmm, I wonder why this is showing up for me right now. And then you get back in your business and you can take responsibility and then you can execute tools that will help you get the result that you want and create the healing for yourself and for other people. That's a fun game to play. Yes. That's better than the blame game. Yeah. You know, just elevated you to another level, right? Exactly. All that pain and that process. Yeah. What's one, uh, if there's like one lesson you could, um, let's say, install into a child. You seem to be pretty uh, sharp and you've got three children that yeah. you've raised and are raising. Yeah. What's like one thing that you would um, instill in your child if you could just show them one thing that would be beneficial? That you are enough exactly as you are. You always have been. You always will be. Cool. I, I do hypnosis with my kids. Yeah, and I do install those beliefs in them. Like my daughter, I hold her. Her name is Tiger Lily, and that's for fierce and feminine and brave and beautiful, like the flower. She's just uh, such a gift to me. And I will rock her at night, and I will say, you are beautiful, you are loved, you are wanted, you are surrounded by people who love you. You are, you know, I just, I, I, when she's falling asleep, when her subconscious mind is impressionable, I tell her what I want her to believe. Mm. And they're all good things. And the best thing is one night she was looking at me and she said, Mom, she started stroking my cheek. She says, Mom, you're so beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like, yeah, that's what I want is for my kids to know that they're enough. 
Mm. and that they're loved exactly the way they are. They have nothing to prove here, only to create. Just show up and create and express, mm. but you have nothing to prove. Mm. Do it all for you, you know, and to well honor said. honor the light that you are. I think it's really important, you know, that I think at the root of a lot of our suffering is some, ultimately the belief that we're not enough, you yeah. know. So, um, yeah. Who's the human being you most admire on this planet and why? Most admire. You might have 10 of them, it sounds like. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Who do I admire? So many. And if you can't name one, it's okay. I think the ones ones I admire the most are, you know, I've got a whole, on my vision board, it's actually a bunch of people I admire. It's not like the things I want. It's, it's, It's the vibe of the people that I really respect are people that stand for something. Are people that are willing to triumph over tragedy, people that are like Oprah Winfrey, like uh, Brene Brown, like um, Tony Robbins, like Lewis Howes, Marie Forleo, um, you know, just, uh, I don't know, I just can't help but look at and honor just the courage in anybody because I know, especially with depression and, and those things, it's like sometimes it just takes courage just to get out of bed, just to stay alive. It takes courage to be alive. This is a scary place. It's pretty not friendly to a lot of us. And we have to find our way. You know, so I just, if there's a person I would say I admire the most, it, it's, my, it's my sister Rachel, actually. Mm. My sister Rachel. She's, um, she's the Emmy-nominated children's television show host. She has two children with disabilities. And um, a lot of, uh, she's, uh, her program's called Signing Time. Signing Time with Alex and Leah. And she teaches American Sign Language. Hmm. And she's been um, an advocate for children with disabilities who are nonverbal or for whom speech is difficult or challenging. You know, one, her oldest daughter is deaf and her other daughter was born with cerebral palsy and spina bifida. And she says, I have one daughter that can't hear and I have one daughter that can do, that can only hear, that can't do anything but hear. You know, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of a Jeez. joke, but, but she, um, you know, she decided that rather than have her deaf daughter live in a world of isolation because nobody knows American Sign Language, she was going to just change the world for her daughter. You know, and I, and <laughs> she also placed a perfectly healthy baby girl for adoption when she was 17 years old. Wow. And then, you know, got married and had two children with disabilities. And she's had some hard things, but she's always stood up and said, I can do something about this. And her life has been about giving a voice and making communication possible for people that don't have that option. And she, of all people, could have just stayed in bed and said, screw this. I didn't sign up for this. I thought the hardest thing in the world was going to be placing my baby girl for adoption. Now I have a child that's deaf who has no friends in preschool because nobody can sign with her. And, you know, and then I have a daughter who's in a wheelchair, can't feed herself. Can't, you know what I mean? And, and she is just such a badass. You go look, go, anyone just go Google Rachel Coleman, just go read her <laughs> blog. She is, um, her name is known around the world, especially for parents of children with disabilities. She's, she is the wish for a lot of kids through Make-A-Wish. They want to meet Rachel Coleman really? of signing time. She's just singing, signing music. She's just uh, giving a voice. And um, yeah, I, I, 
she used to hate me. We used to not be very good friends. And when she did the landmark for him, we had a miracle occur. And she and I are just been like this tight ever since. And she's just one of my best advocates. Um, but I, you know, I think it's easy to say my hero or someone I admire is, you know, Oprah Winfrey or somebody mm-hmm. that's, you know, out there that's kind of feels unaccessible. Mm-hmm. But the real heroes are the people that are in our yeah. lives that shape Absolutely. our lives that we see every day yeah. doing the hard thing. You know, uh, the the lady that works out at the gym who has MS and you go, mm-hmm. oh, here I am I crying know. about how hard burpees <laughs> are. And I'm like, you know, she's doing the best with what she's got and she's yeah, pushing yeah. every day. And I love that. Like that yeah, just, too. how can that not move you to see somebody that's just trying to make themselves better or make the world a better place, I think is the most beautiful thing. Yeah. So crazy yeah kind of like crying all over share. here where are the kleenex in this well, studio? oh there's I, the kleenex yeah. <laughs> almost sniffly and moved to tears you know you know you've made me tear up a few times <laughs> and i'm not very good at tearing up i so. didn't know this is gonna be a crying podcast well, you know, they're just questions you know we're just <laughs> sitting here falling in love with each other because that's <laughs> kind of what right? shows up here you know yeah. i mean i don't even know you and now i've Falling in love, you know. You were just the guy so at the gym cool. with the awesome man bun. Yeah, you know, it's like that's a cool man bun going on <laughs> over there, and here we are. Yeah, but here we t- two but, hours into a conversation, and you're like blowing my mind. Isn't it amazing? So like cool. what's around us all the time that we don't even know. That's what I always say. Like I was talking to some the other day. I think two nights ago about the podcast. Some guy came up and said, "Oh, I'm loving your podcast." I'm like, "Oh, I forgot that I even have one." Right? Mm, you know, I know yeah. I do this once a week, but it's just not in my radar. And I said, "I appreciate you listening." You know, it means the world to me to have somebody come up and say, "Hey, I'm listening and I'm really enjoying it." But uh, yeah. I said, "I get to sit down with human beings and have real conversations." Mm-hmm. When do you do that in your lifetime? Yep. Not very often. Hi, Most how are you? Don't. Oh, I'm good. Okay, well, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. How you I mean, doing? 20, I'm fine. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so to sit here and take two hours out of your day to sit with me is like, what a joy. Yeah. You know, and we just, who does that? Yeah. Really? Life goes so you fast. Know, We're in, so busy. And yeah. unless you're like coaching somebody, when do you sit down with a friend and have like a two-hour conversation about some deep questions? No, right? But isn't that the way it could Going be? too fast. For me, yeah. that's... That's like, I've set my life up so that my day is full of those conversations. Yeah. There's like, there's no other place to be yeah. in my world. It's like, why, why are we pretending everything's fine? Why are yeah. we pretending, you know what I mean? Like, there's a time and a place for that. Know. But come yeah. on, we're, you know, like, maybe it was Katie or maybe it was Rumi or somebody, I don't know, just said, you know, you un- unzip us and we're all just the same quivering heart inside. Yeah, for sure. And I, that's... What life's about for me yeah. is those experiences that make you just stand in awe yeah. of what's around you all the time that you're not missing because you're just not connected to it. Yeah. You know, you're missing out on God, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. right in front of you all day long, every day. But yeah, do we slow down enough to smell the flowers? Yeah. So, okay, one more question or comment for you. Um, until next time, you mean? Till you know, till <laughs> next week. <laughs> Tell you're on the show again in uh, two months. Cause Your co-host. Learned, we, yeah. Right. My partner in crime <laughs> since we've learned so much from you today. Um, m- or maybe one more thought is, um, is there anything that I didn't ask you today that you'd like to share about? Anything we mm. missed that's kind of profound in your life? 
we hit a lot and there's a lot more to talk about, but for sake of time, anything else that that's, you'd want to share that's impactful? And then I have one more question after that. Um, I know we've covered, I could make something up, but we've covered so, we've covered so much. I think I'm good with like, there's a lot. Here's an easy question. Okay. So typically, since this is called the Minds Gym Podcast, um, I always leave the listeners with an exercise they can do this week Mm. to help better manage their anxiety, depression, or just overall general, generally take care of the mind. Mm -hmm. So what's one exercise, instead of me leaving the exercise, I'm going to allow you to leave an exercise today. What's one exercise that you would highly recommend Mm. for our listeners to do this week or this month or this year or forever that would really impact how they see their world. Okay. Okay, good. I like this and I might have two things, but the first thing that comes to mind that I've really been working with lately that's awesome is using your imagination and thinking about what is the specific outcome you want. So let's just say it's in the area of overcoming depression Mm because that's very relevant. Okay. So my question, so the question, the exercise is answer these questions for yourself. What does it look like to be free from depression? Actually imagine, just imagine it, paint a picture in your mind, come up with a scene, a vignette, a a meme, a scenario that that represents what does it look like? And then I also want to ask, what does it sound like? What are you hearing around you? Mm -hmm when depression is gone. Mm. And then also, what are you feeling? And by that, I mean internally and externally. So internally, you might be feeling bliss or joy or peace. There's some emotional experience present. But also, what are you feeling? Is there something you're touching? Are you are your hands and the fists up in the air in a victory pose? Like kinesthetically, what's happening? Okay. Mm. And to create an image of what that looks like and sounds like and feels like. You could, uh, what it tastes like, what it smells like, utilize all five senses. Mm. Some people like chefs, for example, are highly gustatory and olfactory sensory people. So throw that in if that helps you, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, where would you be? And and again, you're not stuck with any of it, but just as an exercise in imagination and creativity, which is God, right? Which is your God-given ability to breathe life into something, create a, a little, you know, we see these memes on the internet. Yeah. Create a little meme in I your brain. One. What does that look like? So yeah. for you, what does it look like? So I'm at the beach. Mm-hmm. It's warm. Mm-hmm. I can smell the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, I just smelled um, like tacos. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Um, and then what are, what, what are you, are I you saying anything sand. to yourself? No, but I feel the sand okay. on my feet. Um, what am I saying? Yeah. In that moment, what would you utter? Uh, this feels good. Mm-hmm. Kind of feels like heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's calm. Good. Good. So now close your eyes and bring up that picture. And I want you to just freeze frame it. Like you just take a picture of it, 
Mm-hmm. Now notice in the picture, as you're describing all that, are you looking through your own eyes or are you seeing your body in the picture? I'm seeing my body in the picture. Okay, good. So, so take that picture, freeze frame it, step out of it so that you're holding, now you're holding the picture and you can see your body in the picture. Okay, very clearly. Now adjust the color. Make it, I don't know, maybe if you want to, is it more pleasing to make it pastel? Is it more pleasing to make it vivid? Like a filter, a nice Instagram filter or something. Okay, adjust the color so it's really nice, vivid, whatever you want. And now adjust the feeling. You know, maybe it's warm, warmer on your, like, on your shoulders, or the f- your feet in the sand, right? And the smell of the tacos, make that a really good smell. Like turn that one up, barbacoa, whatever it is, smells so good, you know? Okay, and then, and then the sounds. Make sure the sounds are really mm. pleasant where you're saying, oh, this feels so good. Maybe you hear the seagulls or you hear people talking in the background. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, and you know the sound that Tupperware makes when you seal it? Just lock all that in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, now, it's really important that you, when you visit that picture, that you're uh, holding it in your hands, that you're seeing your body in the picture, not looking through your own eyes. Okay, very, very important. Now, if you really wanted to, here, just since you're so awesome, let's try this for a minute. So just real quick, if I were to ask you to what dire- uh, where your future is, you know, just where you imagine your future is, to what direction would you point? Just point to that direction. Some people, you know, if uh, I say... Forward or Forward, up. that way? Okay, yeah. okay, good. Okay, so, so, so if you were to put a date to this a time or a period or season where you are free from depression, when would you like that to be in the future? Uh, Now. (laughs) Now? Okay, good. Okay, good. I'd prefer now. Okay, good. But I do see it in a few weeks. A few weeks. Okay, good. So you could think of this like a goal. Okay, let's say by the end of the year. Okay, or sooner. And that's what, six weeks from now, maybe end of the year is about six weeks, something like that. I don't know, up to you. So go, I want you for, in your imagination, float up above that timeline and go out and over to that future point where you want this to take place. And whatever you decide is fine. Could be tomorrow. Could be, doesn't matter. You just decide. You wear, almost like you've got a a flipping through a calendar and you pick the date, okay? You don't have to say what it is, but you pick the date. Okay, now, just floating over your timeline again, whatever that looks like, however that's represented in your unconscious mind, it's fine. It could be a road, it could be nothing, it could be a line, it doesn't matter. So I want you to take a nice deep breath and as you exhale, breathe life into that picture with a nice ha, H-A, ha sound. Do that three times. Holding that picture. Breathe. Energize that picture with your life force. Do it one more time. Okay. Now let the picture go and watch it drop down, float down like a leaf and watch it just insert itself into the future memories in your timeline. Watch it just drop in. Now, and as you float back over to now on your timeline, watch all of the events between then and now reevaluate themselves so that that picture comes to pass. 
So just, you know, again, it might just be like flipping a deck of cards or flipping over a Rolodex or, a, you know, something. Just however you represent that is fine. But just watch all of the events between that picture and now totally reevaluate themselves and come back down to now and come back into your body, come back into now. And when you open your eyes, so you've just inserted a future memory into your timeline, okay? Kind of fun exercise, and you guys can wow. all do that. Now, but the question is, so how certain are you, Brandon, that the sun is going to come up tomorrow? I'm 100% certain. And notice how that feels. Feels lovely. Okay. And then how certain are you that that picture will come to pass? 100%. And notice that. And when you are 100% certain that things in the future will happen, as you are certain that things in the past have happened, there's no way that that, well, let me say it this way, that has to happen. Hmm. And when you accept that as your reality, and then you can just let go and watch the whole thing play out. Hmm. You just cool. created your future. Love it. Yeah. That's cool. And at a minimum, at least visualize that picture, spend time in that picture. When you notice you're having a hard time or you're hitting depression or something, just pull up that picture hmm. and you will be amazed how quickly you will just feel better hmm. by actually pulling up that picture and, and seeing yourself seeing, in that picture. Yeah. Okay. Seeing, noticing, yeah, paying attention to all the and senses. All the senses, all yeah. the senses, but very important for manifesting purposes that you are seeing your body in the picture, that you're not yeah. looking through your own eyes. A very yeah. subtle difference, but yeah. very powerful. Much better than the story you might be creating that's painful and scary. Well, because right. usually how you know you're depressed is you have a picture. Yeah. And it's usually about the future. Mm -hmm. It's an ungrounded assessment about the future that causes stress right now. So you can entertain that. Now, look, you can, can you influence your future? Absolutely. Of course. You can make a choice today that's going influ to influence your future. So wow. you could just like, oh, okay, let that go. Focus on the picture of the future that you want instead. And there's a ton of science behind that that we don't have time to get into. But that is one of the most powerful tools you can use to create a new reality, a new outcome yeah. for your future. New world. Yeah. You're amazing. You're awesome. <laughs> Seriously. Thanks so much. My, I really, look... If I could do this all day, yeah. I would. I seriously <laughs> love. I love, love, love. I love to teach. I love to inspire. I love to help people expand. I just love the creative process. You know, it's it's seriously, it's so my happy place. Yeah. So, you know, thank truly. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. It's been an honor to hear and sit with you and hear your mind. Yeah. For two hours. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay. So, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Mind's Gym podcast and Thank you so much um, for taking time out of your busy day to listen to myself and uh, Rebecca. She definitely is a light. Um, uh, I've learned a lot today. A lot of uh, new tools I can now put in my toolbox to uh, um, process and experience so um, I can see a better world. Um, is there? Did you want to share... Where, if anybody wanted to contact or email sure. you, sure, yeah, where, sure. Where would you like them to oh, gosh. contact you? Easiest thing is, uh, uh, so my email is hello at rebeccaoverson dot com. Um, my website is mostly for massage therapists. Uh, it's called rockyourmassagepractice.com. dot com. 
Um, and then uh, if there are any, you know, body workers or healers out there that want to connect with me on that and my Facebook group is called the art of building a successful massage practice. Um, but personally, probably the best way to connect with me is on Instagram, okay. just Rebecca Diaz. Cool. R-E-B-E-C-C-A and then D-E-A-Z. It's short for Diazavedo, which is just way too long to spell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and then I, I will be, um, uh, since I'm a newly certified school and trainer, you know, Institute of NLP and Hypnosis and Timeline Therapy, I will be rolling that out um, very soon here. I actually have a, a training, uh, the, an eight-day practitioner training that I'm doing mm. in March in Salt Lake City. Oh. So um, that's, again, not published anywhere on the web other than just people friending me on Facebook or <laughs> those types of things, you cool. know. But I'll put some stuff out there, you know, mm. as well. But feel free to reach out to me by email or through Instagram. That's yeah. great. It's very so. kind of you to leave your information, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, happy Busy to help. lady. Happy to help. Sure. Thank so, you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. If you want to contact me, it's uh, themindsgym at gmail.com. And uh, please share with all your friends, family, you know, peace and love to all you out there. Make sure you go exercise and challenge that lovely mind of yours. And uh, we will see you soon. Love you guys. Take care.